Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. This is episode 61 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and this is day five of the Studio Business Cleanse. Welcome back, beautiful teachers, to the Studio Business Cleanse. If you want to catch up on what we've done so far this week, this is the final day, so there's four more days to catch up on. You can go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash cleanse to sign up right now. Today, I want you to take a look at your studio systems. But first, I want to give you some details about the course, which is Inside Vibrant Music Teaching goes into much more detail on all of the issues we've been talking about inside the cleanse. So members can hop on over to the video library right now to access it. It's called the Studio Business Reboot and it goes into several different topics with short videos that are super actionable and a workbook to go along with it. In that course, I discussed the who in more detail and the why in more detail, which we talked about on the first two days of the cleanse here on the podcast. And those are full videos with the workbook to go along with it as well. Then we discussed the how of teaching and the different formats you might teach in and all of the structure side of the studio. We discussed the how much which includes details about how to set your fees. I know this is a super sticky issue for teachers, so that's all included inside the Studio Business Reboot. And the face of your teaching studio, which goes into more depth on the marketing side of things. And then the heart, which is the systems element that we're going to talk about a little bit on the podcast today. But there's even more detail inside the course. So as I say, members can access that right now inside the video library. You can also get access to the course if you're not a member by going to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash reboot. And on that page, you'll find details of how to sign up for the course so that you can look in depth at all of these different issues and really set yourself up for an amazing start to a new year. A lot of teachers find the business side of their studio a bit intimidating or they feel a bit underqualified maybe to approach it or it's overwhelming and so they just avoid it. And if you're in that camp, you definitely want to check out that course because I make it super simple 
actionable, talking clear language, no jargon involved unless I've made it up for fun and help you to get ready for a new year in the minimum time possible so that it's super efficient. You're not dawdling around the internet looking for things and crawling sites trying to find out how to do this or that. It's straightforward, it's to the point and it'll get you everything you need. Whether you're just starting your studio or whether you're reconsidering things into your 50th year of teaching. Whichever way it is for you, this will be the perfect course to get you there. Today though, on the final day of the cleanse, we're going to look at your systems just quickly. And I want you to consider all of these different areas of your systems and how you might do them better. So when it comes to each area, I want you to consider whether it could be automated. In other words, could software do this for you? Whether it could be outsourced? Could someone else do it for you? Could your son or daughter do it? Or could you hire a virtual assistant to do it? Or someone local? Even a teenager in your studio can do some of the work. You know, it doesn't have to be this huge investment to outsource things. It can be someone online who'll work for you for just 30 minutes a week if you want. Or it can be someone local who just needs that little bit of extra cash. As I say, a teenager or maybe a full-time mom who just wants to make a few quid during her afternoons when the kids are in their playdates or something like that, right? So with each of these tasks, consider whether you could outsource them, whether you could automate them, whether you could cut them completely, whether they're just irrelevant, or you could make them more efficient in some way. And if you have to be the one to do them, that's fine. But you need to plan that into your calendar, especially the things that are seasonal, so that you actually have that blocked out for yourself, that you're not scrambling at the last minute. That's what I want for you, that you feel on top of things and that you know where you are at any stage of the year and you know when the busy seasons are coming up so that you can be ready for them. So with each of these areas, I want you to look at that. First of all, your schedule. Is there a way that you could automate your scheduling? Is there a way you could make it more efficient in some way, such as using software like My Music Staff or set it up differently? Or could you pass it off to someone? Or could you set up your forms differently so that you actually get more options back from parents? One little trick I often share with people is that I put an opt-out version of my schedule on my enrollment forms, not opt-in. I don't ask parents to circle the times that will work. I ask them to cross out the times that won't work. And that can make a big difference to them actually leaving space open. And even the ones that do cross out almost all the times, it comes with an apology, right? They realize what they're doing. And a lot less parents will do that than if you ask them for what times will work. Because then they're just going to pick their favorite times. Another way to do this and what Jennifer Fox does is she asks for a sort of scale. So she offers the different times and she says, okay, Mark, won't work at all, not great, or perfect, or like could make it work. So there's like a no, a maybe, kinda, and a yes. Yeah, so think about your schedule and what might work better for you, especially if you're currently scrabbling with it. Think about it for next year. Then think about your billing. Is there a way you could automate your billing? There most certainly is. And 
you'll need to weigh up the pros and cons of doing that. I don't actually use credit card payments, but if I lived in a different country, I would. So in Ireland, bank payments now, internet banking, is so simple and comes with far less fees than using a credit card or debit card payment provider. So I just have families set up their automatic or not automatic, just a direct transfer that they do each month or each semester, depending on how they're paying me. What is completely automated, though, is the invoices going out. And there's several ways you can do that. You can use free software such as um, Wave does this. My Music Staff, if you're using it anyway, make sure you're using their invoicing feature. Or you can move to a more advanced accounting software if you need it, like Xero or QuickBooks or something like that. But if you need something fairly basic, I would consider Wave because it is free and it works pretty well. So to consider if some part of your billing process could be automated or could be passed off to someone else or just made a bit more efficient. Then consider your communication. Is there a better way that you could handle your communication? For example, when a new student applies to join your studio, do they automatically get an email about it back? Or do you write that each and every time? Because you probably say the same thing. Maybe you don't, but if you do, it should be automatic. There's no reason why it shouldn't. So you can set up simple software to do this. Again, my music staff will do this right inside their sign-up form. You can set it to automatically send an email reply. If you're not using that, you could use free software like MailChimp. Or you can use something like Gmail's Boomerang feature to do stuff like this or to schedule emails for later. Or it's just simply set up canned responses in, in Gmail. This isn't even a separate addition to Gmail. It's just a regular part of it where you can save replies. And most email software will do this. You can save what you said and then just change out the name. Simple as that. So next time you send an email that you feel like you've sent before, save it. Simple as that. And they'll start to build up over time and it'll be much quicker to get through your email inbox. You also might be able to do something about your planning process. So my lesson planning is detailed at colorfulkeys.ie slash assign, the word assign, because it's an assignment sheet and a lesson plan baked into one. And you can see more about my lesson planning there and how I do it. And that's a lot more efficient than what I used to do. So whether it's that system or whether it's another system, try to come up with a better way to do your planning this year. And whatever you are going to try, stick to it for at least a semester to see if it really pans out. And then maybe you can rethink it after that. Teachers, I find, have two different issues with this. Either they go the way of not planning at all and sort of scrabbling at the last minute and it's all a nightmare, or they keep trying to come up with a better system. And so they're changing their lesson planning system so often that that part is inefficient because it is a waste of time to keep changing things, right? So find something that might work better if planning has become an issue for you. And then the last section is just to think about the general tasks of your studio. Every time you do something, that especially something that you repeat, either weekly or daily or monthly or annually, write a list. Start keeping a running list of the things that you do again. And then every so often look at that list and ask yourself, is there a way I could automate this? Is there a way I could outsource it? Would it be better done by someone else? Or is there a way I could at least make it more efficient? 
That's it for the studio business cleanse. I really hope that you enjoyed this journey and that you got a lot out of this system. And if you want to go deeper on all of these issues and get yourself leveled up for a new teaching year or a new teaching term, then you can go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash reboot to sign up right now for the Studio Business Reboot course. I'll see you in there. Just a quick final reminder that you can sign up for the full Studio Business Reboot course at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash reboot. And reboot is all one word. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it. And I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July. And you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.